0: This is KMTT, Ki Mitzion Torah. This is Ezra Bek, and today is the third and final installment in our series on Ahava V'ira, which we began in Elul, uh, before Rosh Hashanah, Tav in Aleph. Now it's Aseret Shumet Erev Yom Kippur. And uh, we hope in Yitzhashem to complete our short uh, discussion of the mitzvah of Ava Vi'ra. Today I'd like to speak, first of all, about Yira. We've devoted ourselves to Ava, about Yira. But, as I will immediately explain, um, not another mitzvah, not a different mitzvah called the Yirat in for instance, in Sefarah Mitzvot, there is a mitzvah of Ava t'Hashem, and there's another mitzvah of Yirat Hashem. Einochinami, that's true. And Yirat Hashem is an important mitzvah and there's an important element to it. What I want to speak about today is the role of Yirat Hashem within the mitzvah of Avat Hashem or within the complex of Avavira because we find all the time including in the Psukim in uh, Parshat Ekev and in Parshat uh, Nitzavim and in other places that Ma'ashem that, Elkech uh, the Ahavat Yira are a pair. They go together. Not always, I admit. Uh, in Pashachma, the Ahavta, there is no Yira. But in many psukim, they go together. And in in Chazal, very often, uh, you'll speak about Avabira Yira as being a, 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 a combination. I, I mentioned in one of the previous Shiurim, uh, even in a Bracha, which is devoted to Ava, to Bukha before Kriyachma, which is because Kriyachma is about Ava, it's also about Ava, and it begins Ava Rabbah Avtano, and it ends Abu Cheba Moisel Be'Ava. But in the middle, when you talk about Ava, so it's also, also Ulira. Uh, very often in the Rishonim, when they talk about Ava, they use the term Ava V'Ira almost interchangeably, sometimes surprisingly. And I will give one example, perhaps the most. Uh, uh, um, the most extreme or the most uh, 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 prominent example is the discussion of the Rambam of the Akedah. When The Rambam discusses the Akeda and he wants to know, like, what is the purpose? What do we learn from the Akeda? What is the message of the Akeda? So he has two answers. One involves a technical point concerning prophecy. The prophecy is self certifying. Vino was not 100% sure that the voice is he heard at night was the voice of God, then he would not have gone to slaughter his son. That's an important point for the theory of prophecy. The second point in Ammon is, from here we learn the boundary, the extent, the sheer, of the mitzvah of Avat Hashem. How much is one required to love God, even to the extent of sacrificing one's son? That's a very interesting point, and it makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure we would all uh, 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 understand it and agree with it. Yeah, if you ask me, what does? What is Avam Avinu exhibiting? When he agrees and rises early in the morning and takes his son the a three-day journey to HaMariah and binds him to the altar, he's showing the extreme level of the love of God that he possesses, that he holds nothing back and is willing to give everything to God. The only problem is that the Pasuk says the, offhand, the opposite. When the angel stays Avraham's hand and tells him he does not have to, nor should he, continue with the slaughter of Yitzchak. Melach says to him, "Ata yadati ki yerei elokim ata lochasach dat binchat The angel says to him, "Now I know, now I see that you are yerei elokim, that you fear God, not that you love God." And knew that Pasuk. And I think the Raman just didn't think there was any difference. You know, it says in the Pasuk, I, I explain it means Avat Hashem. Because Avat Elohim, Yaret Elohim are nearly interchangeable very often in the discourse of the Rishonim. This is another example of Chas Kreskas who claims that Avat Hashem is the final good, final goal, ultimate reason for all mitzvot and for creation and for life and for everything else. And he discourses on ava extensively, and then among other things, he's interested in proving from sukkim that that's true, that ava is the uh, ultimate end of all mitzvot. And he quotes a pasuk. Among other things, he quotes two sukkim at least one of which says yira and not ava. But apparently, in his discussion now, he's unaware really of the difference between ava and Yevah, But in his discussion now, the terms are interchangeable. Ava form a complex of, of a, a, a greater thing. Avodat a Hashem, mi ava And I want to understand why ava is not enough. Offhand, if you would ask people, like, what does it mean to serve God? They would say it's love of God. And there are, of course, groups or other religions which, have, which speak only of love. But the Torah is very insistent in most cases, to immediately add to Ava, a measure of Yira. And I wish to understand why. The pasuk in Dvarim, Perek Yud Pashat Parshat Ekev, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Amisal. He's summing up the whole forty years of learning Torah right before his death, and he says, "What? What? What is? What do we want? What does God want?" Laava et hashem alokenu lalechet bechol davachav u'dov gabal. Similar, somewhat longer pasuk appears in Itzvim, last week's parasha, and laava et hashem alokenu is so better for our The connection between Ava and the is clear. There's an important distinction between them, but it's also clear the combination. When we speak of love, we speak of two things two not two different two different things two sides of the same coin. One is what you are doing. The, the the psychological process of someone who is engaged in love. And I emphasized in the previous that love is not a state, but it's an action. It's commitment. It's the, it's the, it's the desire to give the, the commitment to be for, to be dedicated to somebody else. Okay, so that's how I define, that's the psychological content of love. But there's also a, Content of love, which isn't what I'm doing, but but what it amounts to. If you believe, or you have a theory that says that love is real, it's not just an emotional state. Hate is an emotional state. If somebody hates, he hates. But if you believe that when somebody loves, a real connection is created, I'm talking about personal love as I described in the first year, three weeks ago, a real connection is established between those who are loving. That's called divikut. Love is, is is spiritual union. Obviously many people will be cynical about this, maybe psychologists will say it's just a it's just an illusion. But the Torah when talking about God, and I suspect when talking about love in general, and uh, and myself, I'm a medievalist about this. Love is the the, veikut, the union, the cleaving, a very medieval word, the cleaving of two souls together. And again, just to mention an example of de Kreskas, really the master, the philosopher of love in the Middle Ages, when talking about Avat Hashem, Says that Avat Hashem is just a good thing for you because it's better to love than not to love. He says, "If you have Avat Hashem, then you are you are you are joined with God." He also says that when God loves us, a point I talked about in the first year, that God joins Himself to us, and he answers the question: How is it possible that God, who is Melech Macheha Olam, Adon Gadol of everybody, how is it possible that He loves? Everybody, he loves people, he loves sinners, he loves animals, he loves... He's too great to love it. And the answer is, of course the distance between man and God is infinite. But that's the, that's the uh, aspect. That's the quality of love, that love is able to join together to bridge infinite distances, and the bridge is real. That's what the Pasuk says, La'avat the V'kut is what you have, what you've acquired, what you've merited. It's the result. It's the content from the outside. Looking on the outside, what do I see? I see two people joined. He who loves God, I see a person in communion in the Vekut with God. The Hashem is what I'm doing. It's the, it's, the, it's the verb of what I'm doing. I am loving. To love is not to join yourself to love is to serve. These are two different things which uh, reflect two different viewpoints. From my interior viewpoint, if I love somebody, I just want to serve them. I don't love them in order to have a good time, in order to feel the connection of the person. I love them because I wish to serve them. I wish to be for them. I'm committed. From the outside, you see love, that's what you see. You see, Dveikut. The middle term in the Pasuk. What's that doing there? So it's true, I said a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, that uh, since love is to serve. So serving God is to do His mitzvot. Serving a human being, he doesn't ask for anything, but he has needs. So to serve Him is to fulfill His needs. But God's need is that we do His will. There's no, He has no other need. So that's true. But you see, here the Pasuk isn't saying you know, uh, uh, tell you, in, in fact, what to do. It's, it's saying, you have all these mitzvot, here's what they are for. They are for La'ava, La'lechet, or Lidofka. Why is La'lechet a synonym or a second aspect together with Ava, La'lechet, and, and Lidofka? And I think the answer is as follows. Love is a very dangerous thing love of God is even more dangerous than any other love. And why is that? Because the theory of love that I presented a week ago is inherently self-contradictory. It turns on itself, both psychologically and also, I think, metaphysically, also inherently by definition. Why is that? Because I defined love, true love, as for the sake of somebody else. Totally for the sake of the loved one. Any element of self-interest is antithetical to love. If you love, if I love a stake, that's self-interest. But if you love a person and it's self-interest, then that's called exploitation. And I think, uh, you know, it's pretty common understanding of psychologists today that what goes wrong, for instance, in marriages is that not that you're not loving but you're loving because for your own sake. You're loving because you want to be loved. You're loving because you enjoy loving. You get, you get a certain feedback from the loving. In the end, it's not dedicated to for the sake of the other. And why does that take place? Because the fact is that to love is a great good. To love another, to be dedicated to somebody else, is in fact the greatest achievement that you can achieve for yourself. Not because it results in it. In other words, if I love somebody, he'll love me. No, 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 no. To love is an achievement for you. I think psychologically it's understood there was a course once in Harvard that was the most popular course in Harvard history about positive psychology. And what the course basically consisted of was convincing the students. used to give uh, 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 exercise to the students. Go ahead and do something good to somebody else. And that will heal you. That's, that's, that's a positive, you're not sick people. It, it, that contributes to your positive psychological health. You'll feel better when you do something good for somebody else. Psychologically, it's true. I'm going to explain it theologically. To give to others is the characteristic of God. God created the world. God loves the world. God does for others. Chesed. True chesed. Pure chesed. Chesed shall emet. Chesed, which does not expect any return, is the characteristic of God. He who... Does for others is being godly. And that's that's the, the the empowerment, it's the it's the enrichment of your personality, the greatest enrichment of your personality you can possibly do. So that's the recommendation why you should love. But it's a recommendation that is self destructive. Because if you love, if you engage in love, if you engage in service of others, if you're a Khasad, because it's good for you, then you're not really a Then you're not really loving. Because love is for the sake of others and not for the sake of yourself. Now psychologically this is an obvious problem. The theory if you hear a shir that says to do for others is good for you, it's true. But if you remember that when you go, if you give staka to a poor person and you remember too much in your mind, you see and you believe and you feel how giving staka to a poor, poor person is so good for me. I'm becoming a better person. I'm becoming closer to God. I'm becoming, I'm becoming greater then you're not engaged in Rachmanus. You're not engaged in mercy. You're engaged in self-service. You have to forget the theory when you do it. The motivation to help a person is that he needs the help, not that you need to be more merciful. Psychologically, it's a problem. A problem I think you could overcome, but it's more than a psychological problem. It's a real problem. It's not just that psychologically you can get confused. The truth is that As one loves, one is acquiring. As one gives to others, one is receiving. All the time. That's the greatness of love. But it's also the problem. How does one keep the love pure? Now, if this is a problem with people, it's a greater problem with the love of God. Because the love of god in fact is pure and total self development self angratization self self uh, empowerment and if the theory that i mentioned before is true that love is devakut when one loves something one is really connected to it when one loves god one is connected one is cleaving one is yes acquiring one is one is ingesting one is becoming one to a certain extent, with God, is there anything greater that one can achieve in one's life? This is exactly the point of the whole book of Avchastai Sefer where he says that the, the end of life, the good of life, is to love of God, because when one loves God, one becomes one with God, and therefore you get more. It's worth more than money, worth more than Zahav kasef, because you're getting God. But if love of God is acquiring God, then love of God is not love of God. In fact, what is it? When you have a religious love, and it's directed towards oneself, we call that idolatry. We call that Abodah The the dividing line between avodat Hashem and Avodah atzmit, service of God and service of oneself, is is here. It's an onion skin. That's a Hebrew expression. The difference is 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 infinitesimal. It's so. It's hard to distinguish between them. The answer to this problem is Yirat Hashem. Not just also Yirat Hashem. Ahavat Hashem and Yirat Hashem have to become the same thing. You have to love He who inspires Yir'ah. And why is that? Why does it work? Number of reasons. One, The idea that I've acquired God, when I give to somebody, this is a well known psychological theme. I remember once it was developed in a book which I don't think is very common today, and I haven't seen in many, many years. A book by Francois Mauriac called Nest of Vipers. a book that describes, it's a novel, describes at length how a person, there's a woman living in a small town in France, a village, and she's a great Baalat Chesed, she's a very Christian personality. And it becomes clear through the the book that what she's really doing is acquiring, dominating, and exploiting the people she helps. Not because she then takes things from them. What she gets from them is their dependence on her. When you give, you acquire who you give to. When you give to God, you think you give to God. When you serve God, you don't acquire God in that sense. Why not? The, the 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 feeling of Yirat Hashem. This is something who is too much who is so much greater than you, which is that's what Yirat Hashem means. The awe of of the awesomeness of God. You can't even imagine for a second. Nor is it true that God is indebted to you. Of course, it's also true that God is not indebted to you because you haven't really served Him. You haven't actually given Him anything that He needs to get from you or else, or else He's in trouble. So God is not dependent on you in, in the sense that you're empowered by the fact that you are superior and God is inferior. And this despite the idea in Kabbalah which is also in Chazal, that yes, to some extent, we support we carry God's glory in the world. Yes, we do carry God's glory in the world, but if we don't carry God's glory in the world, he'll be okay. That's one point. A second point, I think even a better one, this goes back to the pasuk I quoted. If I love a person, if I love someone who needs me, I love someone who I love, so I give to them. Yes, I serve them. And then I can stop and say, okay, you know, he had a need, I filled the need. I fulfilled the need. It's finished, and now, if, only for a few minutes. I mean, tomorrow I'll come back. But like I have these these times of rest. There's service, and then there's rest. And in the rest, what do you have? You have the dvikut. You feel the dvikut. You feel how you you, you enjoy. You, you have uh, you 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 enjoy the love that you've that you've had. While you're doing it, the danger that I described doesn't exist while one is doing it. A person who is taking care of his, of his sick spouse or sick parent or sick anybody, and you're running around, and you're caring for them, and you're getting the water and you're bathing them and you're taking care of them. Psychologically, there's no possibility there of, of feeling rich. Even though it's true. While you're engaged in the service, you're really inured from the problem that I described. By Avat Hashem, one never reaches the point where one can say, okay, I've fulfilled. Ah, Gishmak. I feel how, how wonderful it is to be a lover of God. Why not? That's also Yerat Hashem. The man who got up and said, overfilling with love, I believe said to him, what you finish saying, all the praises of God. If you want, if you're out to say them all, then you can't stop, because He's always more. He's greater than anything you can describe. The greatness of God is never filled. Your 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 obligation to serve. You, you you barely scratch the surface, if at all. You haven't begun to do the job, and therefore each step leads to the next step, and to the next step, and You're constantly engaged in continual. Avodat Hashem. The difference between continual Avodat Hashem and sometimes Avodat Hashem is Yirat Hashem. Avat Hashem? I have, I do. Avat Hashem with Yirat, together as one, is a a Ahavab which can never end or a service which can never end. And if one is constantly going, constantly serving God, then we preserve the fact that who is at the center? Who is the focus? Can't become me because I don't know. I don't know the, the possibility of removing my eyes from the true focus. I, when I served God, of course I was looking at God. And then when you want to say, "But now let's look at myself," and the love becomes inverted. But no, no, you can't look at yourself because God demands. I don't mean he demands more because he says, but the nature of God demands more. Why? Because of Yerat Hashem. Because of God's greatness. God's awesomeness. How can you imagine that you've done enough so that you have a chance now to look at the other focus, at yourself, and say, look how far I've come. Look how much I've gotten. Look how wonderful I've become. In the Pasuk, that's called (laughs) Le'ava, La'lechet u'ledofka. The bridge before you can even mention the truth, metaphysical truth, that there is dveikut, I put in the the remedy, which is, la'ava lalechet. Love isn't a state, it's a process. And with God, it's a continually infinite process. And as long as you are aware and you fulfill the process of love, which is what Yir'ah turns love into, then you don't have to worry about the truth. You don't have to worry about the negative possibility ramifications of Ludovka Ludovka Bo. Man is an Oveid Hashem in the sense that man is created in the image of God. That means that man can become that the, the, the limiting picture, the, the, the design plans of man, the ideal to which man can aspire is nothing other than God. Salam Elohim, the image, the, the perfect plan of what a man is, is God. Of course, you can't actually achieve that, But you can aspire to it and continually become closer to it all the time. If man thought that by doing A, B, or C, he would actually become God, that would be sin. And that is what the serpent said to Adam Arishon. If you do A, B, and C, if you eat from Etsadat, you will be, there's a kafadimion, like. What does the word like mean? You will be like God. He said in a manner, I can only imagine the exact tone of voice. And how Adam and understood it, you will become like God. You will replace God. That's the B'daza. But if you realize that you'll never get to the end, the I'm um, the the on top of the pillar is always God, who is unattainable. But I'm always climbing up to get to that point. I'm always trying to achieve that, and in fact, I'm getting closer. I'm achieving becoming closer and closer to God, but never getting to the end because God is always greater than anything I can possibly become. If you have Yir'at Hashem with your coming closer to God, Avat Hashem is the climbing of the ladder. Yir'at Hashem is the recognition that the ladder is infinite, that you're climbing a ladder to some place, and that some place is always above you. Climbing towards an, an infinite goal, climbing is Avah. the infinite goal is the Yir'at. Climbing to an infinite goal is the continual Avat Hashem, Avodat Hashem. The Gemara in Yoma says, "Gidolat Shuvah Shuvah is great because it turns our sins into shgagot, into uh, unintentional actions. If you do Shuvah, God views the sins you did yesterday as though uh, you didn't really mean it. You, know, you were young, you were stupid. Now you're wise. In, in retrospect, given who you are today, Things you did yesterday were merely the mistakes of youth. Shigagot. Shigaga. A little bit later, the Gemara says, quotes a different ma'amar, Gedolat tshuva, which turns avonot into zchuyot. It turns our sins into into merits. The Gemara says, the one doesn't ask how that's possible. I mean, it's an amazing vote. How can a sin become a good thing? It's better to sin because later on you have more money in the bank. How can you say that? Who doesn't ask the question? The one that asks, this will be a contradiction. We answer contradiction: chuvah that's done out of fear or of God, turns sins into uh, unintentional actions, lapses. Chuvah turns the sins into actual merits. What's the chat the last minute that I have before the end of this podcast let me try to explain it Mi Yira is saying i i i'm i'm embarrassed i'm upset i I'm, I'm i'm against what i did i did a sin it disgusts me i want it to i want it to go away i don't want it to exist i want to be good rather than bad and god says you know you really want that and you really or, or regret what you did and you you won't do it again. So I view what you did in the past as being important. Shkaga. Uh, Unintentional. You didn't mean it. It's okay. Tshuva is tshuva not because you want a sin not to exist. You prefer being good to being bad. Tshuva is that I prefer, I desire, I thirst to be in continual coming close and closer and growing more and more to be like God. In the good sense of the phrase. Now, in both cases, of course, you're against sin and for mitzvot. But the sin, meaning the, the, the imperfection is itself a crucial ingredient in the motion, in the Halikha. To go from A to B, to go from, means to go, means to climb, to go from imperfect to more perfect, then the imperfect was the springboard for for the motion, for the climbing. Without a lower state, you cannot climb. If you just want to be a tzaddik, then you don't have to be a chote, you just regret having been a chote, and that's, But if you don't want to be a good person, you want to be climbing to God, then, whether it's a sin or imperfection, if you've done a sin, you've done a bad thing. If you haven't done a sin, then you're still not perfect. It's the same tshuva. Tshuva is improvement. It's climbing. It's fulfillment. It's growing. It's self-empowerment. It's becoming more and more godly from day to day. If that's the tshuva you're doing, then it turns out that once you do that, then the sin itself was, was part of the Avodat Hashem. In a negative sense. It was part because you were able to supersede it. You were able to uh, uh, transcend it. But in order to transcend it, it had to be there. You used it in order to negate it. If that's a tshuva you did, then Iglai Mirta It turns out she'avonotav nasot lo le'zuchuyot. That is the ultimate desire of the Torah. To see a man continually lalekhet b'chor d'rachav. Continually going in the path of God. Uvikashta misham ad-Hashem Elokecha u'matzatah to continually, day to day, mount step to step, ladder, uh, rung on the ladder to rung on the ladder, to go up more and more, using the imperfection of yesterday to create the perfection of today, and the perfection of today turns out to be the imperfection of tomorrow. In order to aspire to go higher and higher and higher and higher. That is Ahavat Hashem. It's Ahavat Hashem in which Yira is part and parcel. On the Ohev, I love God because He is so awesome that I can only fear Him. The two things are antithetical and yet they're one. And that is the measure of, of, of Avodat Hashem. And that is the measure of what Yom Kippur comes to give us a taste of spend the day in Torah Lifnei Hashem Lifnei Hashem Ha'ayom Yom Kippur is the most awesome in the, old, in the original sense of the word the most awesome of days awe and fear and even terror to be that close to God is to be engulfed in the terror of how of how infinitely great and different and Beyond our comprehension, God is, and at the same time, to dedicate everything in our lives to the service to the service of God. That's the ultimate tshuva, the ultimate avodah, and the ultimate ava. Ava is tshuva. And therefore, Yom Kippur, the day of Yirah, is also the day of the greatest avat Hashem. Yom simat Ava. The day where Ava becomes palpable in all parts of our life, and between ourselves and God. I wish everybody, all those who are listening, the chol klal yisrael together. We should all together stand before God and be zocher legmar chatima tova, chayim tovim ulishalom shnat boyut shnat chayim yishuot vnechamot.